Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice, musician turned entrepreneur and co-founder of 6th Ave Homes and 6th Ave Storytelling. Over the past 10 years, I have launched multiple successful businesses and have become obsessed with all things entrepreneurship and marketing. I've been on a personal quest to unpack what it takes to make and grow a great brand. One thing that I've discovered is that stories are powerful and that storytelling has the power to set a brand apart. Join me as I dive into the stories of the heavy-hitting leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and business owners in our community to hear their biggest wins, greatest losses, and their best business secrets. There's a story behind every great brand. Welcome to Stories with Soul. Stories with Soul is brought to you by my company, 6th Ave Storytelling. In 2020, we launched a marketing company on a mission to encourage entrepreneurship and make starting and growing a small business easier than ever before. Since then, we have helped hundreds of small businesses and entrepreneurs grow their brands by giving them the tools, resources, strategy, and support they need to craft and share their stories. If you are thinking about launching and growing your own brand, schedule a meetup with me today. I would love to talk to you. Head over to 6thAvStorytelling.com and let me show you how the storytelling approach can transform your marketing strategy. Good morning and welcome to Stories with Soul. Today, we're honored to have with us Mayor Maddie Parker. I'm stoked you're here. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Been wanting to have you here for quite some time. Made it happen. (laughs) Quite some time. So read read the rest of the bio here. Uh, She is the visionary leader who's reshaping Fort Worth Re-elected in 2023 with an impressive 70% of the vote. That's a lot. Yeah. That means that's, that's like, that's pretty crazy numbers, right? It's good numbers, yeah. We need better photo turnout total. We can talk about that today. Okay, we can go into <laughs> that. Uh, and she's been the driving force behind Fort Worth's transformation into a world-class city since 2021 as the 45th mayor and a licensed attorney with over 17 years in public affairs. Mayor Parker's focus is unwavering, building a safer, stronger Fort Worth, enhancing quality of life, and ensuring prosperity reaches every corner of America's 13th largest city, Go Fort Worth. She's pioneering initiatives for global economic competitive, competitiveness, public safety, education, workforce development, and all while preserving Fort Worth's rich heritage and history. Her achievements are numerous. She spearheaded a unanimous redistricting, revitalized city council's committees for innovation, and played a key role in passing a $560 million bond for neighborhood and business district development. Under her leadership, Fort Worth has had remarkable growth with significant projects like Texas A&M's University Expansion and the new $1.63 billion terminal at DFW Airport. Named in 2022's Times 100's Next List, uh, recognized for her dynamic approach from serving as congressional staff to acting as the founding CEO of both T3 and Fort Worth Cradle to Career. I want to talk a little bit about that. You were the okay. founding CEO of both of those. Um, she's not a public, fi- not just a public fi- figure, but a trusted advisor, problem solver, and passionate advocate for adoption and education, deeply committed to every child's potential. Most recently, she has launched the Good Natured Initiative, which is a public-private partnership aimed at expanding Fort Worth's investment in parks. Excited All in, right? to hear more about that. Good. So anyways, we're glad you're here. Join us as we welcome a remarkable leader, a wife, a mother of three, who's dedicated to leaving a less lasting legacy in Fort Worth. Thanks, Jamie. I appreciate Pretty, you having me. Yeah. That's a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> you did, a lot. I sat through it. I did it. All right. So, <laughs> so that that long intro, which is yeah. which is impressive, ties me into my my first question, which okay. I'm going to read one more one more thing. I'm going to 
I'm, I'm on a reading spree here. Okay. So I, f- I found this quote from Kay Granger. Okay. Who's one of your old bosses. Yes, yes. Uh, and she said, in the six years Maddie served on my congressional staff, she completed law school, had her first son, and adopted her daughter. It was clear that she was a force. Besides serving as chief of staff to the former mayor, she started a nonprofit to help students thrive. So I just read this like massive bio of here's all these things yeah. that I'm doing and have done. I went to law school and on the times list. So, and then Kay Granger, who's like congresswoman mm-hmm. for years and years and years, is, is basically like Maddie is hardcore. Mm-hmm. So my, my my question to you is, is you know, high, high capacity is probably a word that, that, you people would use to describe you is that is that a nature or a nurture thing is that like you were always that way or was that like part of your upbringing and your parents and the way you grew up i think it's probably nature um and a little bit of nurture and now that you're as a parent you, you guys can attest to this like it's amazing how much your children come sort of pre-wired in some way and then mm-hmm. you're as a parent to kind of flourish those talents or kind of protect them from the things that are maybe their vulnerabilities, et cetera. But it was funny when I was running for mayor because everybody comes out of the woodwork, they go interview people that you haven't seen or that knew you really well when you were 10, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and apparently I've always been like this, just sort of really doing focused, a lot. just doing a lot. Yeah. I mean, I've always been pretty driven and knew I wanted, um, more out of life, whatever more meant, even when I was a child, I didn't know what that was. Can you give me examples of like childhood Maddie? Yeah, like, I mean, nerdy things. I grew up in a really small farmhouse with central air and heat. And there's just one room kind of in the middle of the house that there's only one bathroom. So you have to pass through it to go to the bathroom. And I would shut these French doors around the room so I could read quietly. Um, (laughs) My parents were hippies, music, you know, incense burning, records playing, loud family. And I like had to, I would get onto them. Like, I'm trying to read. And this is my, (laughs) this is my reading space. And to my mom's credit, especially just sort of letting that kind of, odd sort of intellectual side of me flourish and be fine. Um, and were you reading to like learn or were you reading because that was an escape or you're reading? I think like- both. I think maybe the escape factor, you know, again, such a different time. If you think about it, it's amazing just in a short period of time, generationally, how different our kids are being, are growing raised. But I had three channels on a television with bat- mm-hmm. rabbit ears. So TV really wasn't something you were going to go. I was two miles down a dirt road and then 10 miles to the closest town. So I didn't mm-hmm. have neighbors. I had a party line for a telephone. So, mm-hmm. yeah, reading was probably definitely an escape and a way to kind of get out of being so, on a ranch. So the sentiment is you have these parents who are musicians, kind yeah, of kind of really hippies, eccentric, yeah, eccentric, and you're like, I'm gonna do my own thing. I want, yeah. I want silence and I want to well, read. Well, here's a funny <laughs> story. My um, parents took me to a lot of concerts. So okay. from the time I was a small child, festivals, concerts, whatever. They always went to the Kerrville Folk Festival. I think that yeah. year in particular, my uncle Paul, who's a drummer, who's played for everybody you can think of, was playing with a band. And we were going. It was May time frame. Can't remember the time. School was on, though. And I was probably fourth grade-ish. And we go to the Kerrville Folk Festival, and our RV gets stuck in the mud. And my parents are like, it's good. We're just going to stay a few extra days. And I'm like, no, no, no. We have got to get back to school. And I'm sure, like, thinking about that now, kind of lame, Maddie. You were in fourth grade. You're going to be fine. You'll be back to school. You, you wanted to go back oh, to school. 100%. I'm just, I don't know. Because you're like, I got things. Things, I got things to, to do. do. And, yeah. and then having the self-discipline at an early age to, like, sit and read. Yeah. And so, okay, so Heiko mm-hmm. is the town. So my, my parents live in Cranfield's Gap. No way. Their address is technically Heiko. Yeah. But it's kind of Okay. Famous. But. It literally is. It's like there's no. There's not much going to on there. Go right? into town is like twenty minutes. Yeah. 
And there's not a lot. How so? You how did your parent? How did you wind up there? Like how did your parents? Good work? question. So my parents met um, in Austin, or actually technically San Marcos at the time. My dad was an attorney there. My mom was raised in Heiko, but okay. had lived by this point most of her adult life in Austin area. And at the time, she was still dancing for. That was now it was called Austin Civic Ballet. Now it's um, Austin Ballet Theater. Oh wow. And, and working as well for the state. My dad was an attorney, second marriage for him. And then when they got married, about five years later, they decided to move his law practice to Heiko in a small town. You know, you, you plant your flag, you have a hang a shingle in a place like Heiko, but you kind of practice in that whole surrounding area. So, so he's kind of doing like Waco and Yeah, he, everything, right? Okay. Mostly criminal law, a lot of family law in that area. And then my mom worked for him as a paralegal. And then she also opened a dance studio. So she had a in Heiko? a ballet studio in downtown okay. Heiko. And then she also had a Heiko stu- I mean a studio in Hamilton, Texas. In Hamilton, well. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love yeah. yeah. Familiar with all of that. And then how so l- loved reading as a kid. Lo- like, did you did you do you have memories of of at that age? Like, I want to do this, I want to be like not really. I think I remember maybe when they make you say, what do you want to be when you grow up and you draw yourself? I think I wanted to be a lawyer because that was what I was around. Mm-hmm. But when I really reflect on, I got this question yesterday, I probably didn't answer it adequately from a reporter about politics in general when I got interested in government. The one thing that I always had was I had two really opinionated grandmothers okay, in very different ways um, on my mom and dad's side. And I was close to both of them. And they they both really cared about politics, but not in a way they were leading. It was just something they were really passionate about following. And especially my grandmother in Austin, who uh, her name was Barbara Piercy, and she was a Navy wave in World War II. So she met my grandfather. Um, I remember when when Hillary Clinton did not win and Obama was the nominee, she was heartbroken because she wanted so badly to see a woman become president. It was less about the policy. It was just like mm-hmm. she wanted in her lifetime to watch that happen. Mm-hmm. I think that was unique now that I reflect on it now, how much they talk to me about politics. Mm. And, but it, it's, it's hard for me to explain because it wasn't to say really opinionated. They wanted you to believe what they believe. They just mm-hmm. wanted you to care about something. And to be able to dialogue about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of a lost thing. Oh, I always think about that. My grandmother, Nana, she'd be ashamed right now at the way we don't debate. Yeah. We don't, we, we don't fall have apart. hard dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. This episode is sponsored by the Fort Worth Business Press. As a Fort Worth entrepreneur and small business owner, the Business Press is my favorite source for news and updates about the entrepreneurial community in and around Fort Worth. I read their email newsletter literally every day. It's always full of insights and stories that really matter. Are you ready to be more connected? Sign up for their free newsletter at fortworthbusinesspress.com. But... If you're like me and the newsletter just isn't enough, you can become an insider. With the code STORYTELLING10, all one word, you'll get a discount on the insider membership. Insiders receive exclusive access to special content, 24 issues of the business press delivered to your door each year, and discounts on event registrations and more. Join me and the Fort Worth Business Press in staying up to date on the people, companies, and issues that matter most to Fort Worth. So, so grew up with these with these parents who were driven and kind of chasing their dreams and doing fun things and entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. and then two strong women who who, who liked keeping a strong pulse on the world, the yeah. world, and yeah. debate and yeah. things things. So, you you went to eventually settled on. I want to be an attorney. I want to mm-hmm. go to law school. Mm-hmm. With was was that sentiment was was not yet politically focused. Correct? No, or, not at all. Yeah. When I um when 
in high school, I was pretty active in a lot of academic endeavors through UIL competitions. And then I decided I wanted to go to UT and applied. And um, by then my parents had divorced. And so I was sort of really focused on, I wanted to go to a really great school, but also needed to be able to afford it because I was going to pay for it by myself. Mm -hmm. So um, UT was by clear the best option for me. And getting to go to Austin at the time was so transformative for me because it really got me out of my bubble. Even though it wasn't that far from Heiko, it was a whole world away. Your parents live in Cranville's Gap. You can yeah. probably attest to that. Getting to be on a campus with 45,000 other yeah, students. Way, and, was that kind of culture shock? Oh, it was and it wasn't. Yes, it was culture shock. Absolutely. I think I really enjoyed the anonymity of being in no one knowing you because in a small town, everybody knows you, mm -hmm. everything you're doing. So that was interesting. And fortunately, I had friends that were going to UT one or two. So I had a connection, which was helpful. Um, did not know I was interested in Australian politics, but I did declare government as a major and loved it immediately. And so mm -hmm. I never needed to change. I was pretty happy in the School of Liberal Arts. And you were working? Oh, yeah. Paying, so, yeah, so I did. Yeah, I worked every day. I went to school. So I did work study and worked at the Bass Hall on campus for the first year. And then I ended up working um, at a restaurant in, in Austin, Texas Land and Cattle for three years and okay. worked full time practically. There. Oh, yeah. I mean, I worked a lot and then went to school. So, so e e even that as a testament, like a testament to, to being able to juggle and spin a lot of plates. Yes and no, but I, I, I still believe that I'm sure looking back, it was very difficult and a lot of people work and go to school, mm -hmm. but you also have idle hands if you're taking 12 or 15 hours of college classes. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. not a full-time job. And I think for me, it was really, I did better academically when mm -hmm. I was really busy. Um, less time to goof off, I guess. I yeah. And then in the service industry, you, you learn about people. Oh, yeah. And you learn how oh, to like... I have crazy stories. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Good and bad, right? But yeah. but that, I'm like, I think everybody should have a service industry job at some point. Absolutely. It's, like, it's really humbling. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's humbling, but also teaches you like soft, emotional skills mm -hmm. on how to like calm people down. Yeah. And Especially and, people you work with, right? Not not just the, <laughs> the, the people coming into the restaurant, but just the people you're around a lot. Yeah. It's very interesting. So UT and mm -hmm. then eventually law school. Yep. And then like, did you, did you, were you like, were you, were you like, I'm going to be a, what, what type, like what type of law didn't did know. you know. So I worked full time, went to law school. So what happened was I went to UT, graduated while I was a junior. I'd gotten this internship, ironically meeting a lady that came in my section at the bar at the restaurant who works as a comms director for Speaker Craddock. She was looking for interns, yada, yada, yada. That's how it went. So for my junior and senior year of college, I worked for Speaker Craddock um, in the press office. Graduated, studied abroad, um, did all the fun things, and then came back and worked at the Capitol for him full time. Then I worked for Representative Phil King. It was during that session that I really knew I wanted to go to law school. I kind of got burned on a bill because an older lobbyist who's an attorney sort of treated me, patted me on the head. Oh, you're cute. You know what you're talking about. And I did. I just didn't have a law degree. So mm -hmm. I didn't want that feeling ever again. Can Dave and I end up moving to Fort Worth? And Wait, when did you meet David? I met him he's, in, he's in the story now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2006, okay. <laughs> um, after graduation. And then we were dating for about six months when AT&T moved him to Fort Worth. And so it sort of sped up our relationship, but he moved before me and we got engaged and ended up moving here full time. And candidly, we always thought we'd go back to Austin mm -hmm. okay. for a variety of reasons. And time went on and we obviously uh, planted roots here and would never leave. But it's kind of funny how life works out that way. So f basically f like... He brought you to Fort Worth. Yes, absolutely. And and did you like? What, what, I guess what year was that? What year was I was that? apprehensive. It was two thousand and I think eight. Eight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fort Worth is a different place. We couldn't find brunch. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that sounds silly to say, but it was a very sleepy, different place at it the time. Totally was. Absolutely. When did we get married? Two thousand eight. 
Okay. I moved here in 2007 from Dallas. And so I was like, yeah. Where am I? Grill. What else? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we almost moved to Austin. We were looking we at it. We were very, because yeah. you yeah. were like, there's nothing here. Well, and I, I was probably in that same camp of being really nervous about planning roots here. And I wanted to go back to Austin and just sort of like, we'll play it out. And I was still working back and forth in Austin at the time when we moved, then went to law school. So it, but it very quickly, you could say that the shift was happening already in, mm-hmm. in our city. Mm-hmm. And David, David, he's not an attorney, right? No, he's not. He's actually he's has a, a musician master's too, in ec- right? What's that? He's a musician too. He, yeah, he is. He just had a gig on what was it? Wednesday night, actually. Nuh-uh. Yeah. He plays with Jim LeCamp and Steve Montgomery and Marshall Young. They really? call themselves the hardcore troubadours, Jamie. I didn't see You didn't him. know this? Oh, yeah. I, he and I have talked music before. Yeah. Like we've geeked out about oh, like yeah. going into rabbit holes about our favorite bands oh, and yeah. songs and But I kind of love that connection with your family. You grew up oh, around totally. that. And now you have a little bit of that in I your home again. I probably couldn't have married somebody that wasn't a musician. Hmm. Like, just such a And you love music. We've talked about love music. Love it. I mean, that's yeah. what we do. We spend we'll go anywhere to go to a concert. That's our favorite thing to do. Yeah. So many memories that way. Yeah. But he but he does government stuff. He does. So he has a lobby firm in Austin okay. um, and some great partners there. And obviously has a North Texas office, but spends a lot of time going back and forth. Government yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. What does that mean? He had a lobby office. So, I don't even know what that means. So <laughs> it really, think of it this way. Every single industry has interests with what's happening in the Texas legislature, any state for that matter. And sometimes it's defensive. Like mm-hmm. we need to protect ourselves where there may be regulatory issues there may be. Sometimes it's on the offense. We need to change something in particular. Um, they and but they don't really focus on one industry. It, it, might, it might be technology. It might be interesting. They, they represented Bumble at one point. Mm. The, the CEO was really working on legislation to really protect women in particular, online dating apps. Mm. It's just one random example. Ford Motor Company, et cetera, it goes all over the place. But he wasn't doing that when y'all met. No, he worked for AT and T in a similar capacity, but internal just for the company. And y'all, can you talk to me a little bit about just y'all's chemistry or like? Like he, he, you're obviously interested in the similar type of things sure. and you're both driven and you're both like, yeah. so we're both, David was raised by a veterinarian and his mom's a teacher. He, he grew up in Crowley and, um, I think he had a very, a, just a wonderful family. He has two siblings. A, a, his mother is truly the saint of all saints. She's absolutely lovely. Mm-hmm. Her name is Quixie Bill. How cute is that? Oh, great, great name. I love Great that name. name. Yeah. Have y'all used Quixie? Have y'all like... We, ha- we didn't have a girl. Yeah. I mean, I would have done you it. a dog at least. Name. I know. We do. I know. She, <laughs> well, she's, she's even more worthy. She's just such dog a... dog after your mother-in-law? Cool name. I know. I probably might be the wrong translation because I love her so much. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. But <laughs> just, a, re- retract just a that. salt of the earth, hardworking family, right? Built a practice from nothing. And that's what they did together. And I think all in all, um, that upbringing really informed who he is today. He went to Texas A&M. So he was Corps of Cadets at A&M, mm-hmm. Ross Volunteer. You know, we're talking strong maroon genes going on there, okay. right? So, um, <laughs> and obviously marrying a Longhorn, we're a house divided. But yeah. That's okay. And then, when, so when I met him, David's about seven years older than me. So he'd already kind of established his career, um, was already involved on the regulatory side in Austin. And I think we knew both knew pretty quickly. Honestly, I I was maybe young and sort of apprehensive at first, but it was such a fun courtship and dating when I think about it now. And his wonderful friends, as do we, that I kind of get jived together. And ironically, my first cousin, who is like my sister, married his best buddy. So we do life together. First cousin, yeah. he's like my sister. Yeah. Okay. It's a small town, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, love yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm tracking with that. Anyway. And so, but yeah, and y'all are both doing a lot. Yeah, so we're very busy people. And is that, is that part of, because I, I know, I know for like me, for Melissa and I, and today's, today's our anniversary. The oh, day we're recording. 15 years? 16. 16 years. 16 yeah. years. Happy anniversary. Well, yeah. but, That's awesome. Uh, 
But like part of our attractions, we're, bo we're both really driven. Mm -hmm. And we're both are like, you know, we get together and we talk about the future. What are yeah. we doing? What are we working on? What like what What's are our goals? Next? What are yeah. our, you know, and, and not not everybody's wired that that way. But I think that's part of like, at least like what makes our mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. And supporting each other. And mm -hmm. you've got this and yeah. vice versa. Mm -hmm. And flexing in and out of, of, yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, so follow him, follow him to Fort Worth, come to Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. You're like, this, you know, it's not Austin. Uh, <laughs> we thought we were going to be in Austin, mm -hmm. but we're here. And then was, was there a moment where, where, you, where you were like, all right, I'm in. It's. I think pretty quickly, honestly, the one distinguishing thing I noticed immediately from comparing to Austin to Fort Worth is there was this older generation of people that really invested in David and I. Mm -hmm. And especially for him when his, he had a pretty big job with AT&T and he had to do all the things, got all the dinners, et cetera. But there were so many people that wanted him to be successful. And then, mm -hmm. okay, your wife's coming here. She wants to go to law school. What can I do to encourage her to go to law school? And I really reflect on that so fondly because it was it was incredibly important for me as a young professional to feel like I was I could have a chance to put my feet in the ground and feel at home here mm -hmm. and also feel supported in whatever career path I took. And I don't know what what Charles experience felt like, but that mentorship is almost not even a a, a big enough word. It was like an extended family to make you feel like people you know, that wanted you home. to win. Absolutely. A community that, and that, wanted, importantly wanted us not just to win, but also to want to win in Fort Worth, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to want to continue that drive and that success here in this community. Yeah. Which is pretty special. Yeah. No, I can, I can a hundred percent relate to that. Like there's, it, yeah, it's a place where it, it's a community that is very, we want you to have a seat at the table. Yeah. We want to cheerlead you on. I think. Absolutely. I think that is, hundred percent. So, so kind of you, you felt that buy-in and then you went to law school here. Mm -hmm. Um, and w was the cinema and you said, when did you start working for Kay? So I'm trying to think of my years. I was, it was probably around 2000 and backing up my years of graduation law school, probably 2008, nine, right around there. Started working. I was already in law school and I started working for Kay. So mm -hmm. I was night school at okay. Texas Wesleyan. And I did that for my first year working for Kay. And then that, then I got pregnant with Grayson. Mm -hmm. And then I did the math, Melissa. <laughs> and I realized, oh my God, I'm going to have this baby two weeks before finals. Oh my my 2L year, which uh, is usually a really bad time. 2L year is hard. That's and, like weed out time. And I remember so many people, A, thinking I was crazy and B, like, you, you can't do that. Like you you won't make it. And then I had people like, well, we'll figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want to withdraw mm -hmm. and lose the time. So I just sucked it up and did it. And I, did they like give you an extension wait, or anything? So are you like nursing and taking finals? Well, here's, <laughs> here's the good story. It's like the goodness of people, even law school professors. I induced labor right at 40 weeks, which would give me exactly two weeks till final started. Mm. We bring Gray home. I'm home for a week and just tried to figure out what day it was, right? For that yeah. first week, as you know. Just put the books next to the bed in osmosis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and knew, okay, don't touch anything for that first week. Pretty much I didn't. And mm -hmm. I tried to cram a little bit in before labor, but let's be honest, you're about to have a baby. And then I knew I had a week to cram and get ready. And I had so many wonderful people. Like one of my best buddies from law school, um, a guy named Spencer Nielsen, who is an attorney here in town, he would come to my house to meet me 
and I've got like a nursing baby and we're trying to study and he like, we'll go with the flow. It's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Friends like that. Right. And then I got a call from my professor, Professor Alton, who's since retired. And um, he was our property professor. And he's like, look, you missed some classes. You want to come by, bring the baby. I'll reteach the lessons. So I Mm, took this baby to school and he retaught two or three lectures that I had missed. When I took finals, like my, I think it was maybe Civ Pro, Professor George, it was a four-hour final. I'm like, well, I'm going to explode with yeah. breast milk if I try to make it four hours. And so he's like, just no worries. Go pump, do whatever you need to do, mm-hmm. and then come back during wow. the middle of the final. So they accommodated everything I needed. I wouldn't recommend doing that, <laughs> by being honest. exhausted. So tired. So tired. Because those first couple months Your are just a blur. Yeah. I know. But I got through it. Yeah. Moral of the story. And had an awesome, obviously, a wonderful husband, support system. My mom moved in to kind of help do all the things. So we made it. But in, was this? That should sen- be like the every mayor should have to do that. Ooh. You can handle it. It puts things in perspective sometimes when you think about hard things. You're like, I've been bone tired before and this was not it. It was that. Yeah, that's yeah, next that was level. It. Yeah. <laughs> that's 100%. But was the sentiment, I'm going to go practice law or were you like, I love politics because I've now. No, I was very open minded. I did go practice law. So eventually when I graduated, I ended up working for Harris Finley and Bogle here for about a year. Doing what? Um, it was mostly litigation and okay. some administrative you court- employment law. You were law. in the courtroom? Two or three times. Yeah. yeah, was it? Were you good? Um, I don't know. Probably not, Jamie. No, really? but I had good mentorship. I, I did one pro. I mean, yeah, you could you can wing it, right? Uh. Uh, you can wing it. Depends on the judge. Uh, but yeah, I got that experience. What a great <clears throat> law office it was. And I ended up. Mayor Price called and said, "Hey, I'm going to need a new chief of staff. Would you come talk to me about it?" So that's and how. How I did you? Leaving. How did she know to ask you? Well, we knew each other. And, I mean, I knew each other when I worked for Kay. And then, Kay Granger worked. Yeah, and then when she ran for mayor a few times, Dave and I mm-hmm. did a few things with her, just got to know her over the years. But she came and said, I want, I know you have a job. I know you got kids. And I like, yeah. I want you to, because she recruited you? Yeah, she just said like, That's I want to cool. talk to you about this. Let's think about whether this is a good fit or not. You know, and it, it makes sense, honestly, because it's such a unique role that mm-hmm. you need to be policy focused and political at the same time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And for her, that's she was already almost five years into her administration. She knew what she was working on, so mm-hmm. she didn't want to train with somebody. And we had a we have a we had a really good um, rhythm and charisma together mm-hmm. because in some we're so different in a lot of ways. And it, I think I hope that she feels like that too. I was really a benefit to her to kind of hold down the fort and allow her to be this amazing external mayor doing all the things, making people feel so connected to our city in in a really special way, but at the same time, really further some big policy initiatives as well. Yeah. And help each other do that. You can ask something about that. No. Policy focused and political. What does that mean? I think it means you have to have an instinct about political decisions you're going to have to make. So not political, not political in the sentence, uh, sentiment of like party. No, everything has a lever, right? Okay. Every every decision you make yeah. impacts someone else differently. Candidly, might piss someone off differently. Yeah. Someone's happy, someone's mad, mm-hmm. and it's always a calculation. Okay. But at the same time, you have to keep good public policy at the center of your choice. Mm-hmm. It can't all be about politics. It's yeah. a balance. Yeah, that's. And you felt like you you were good at that. Very, yeah, that. absolutely. And can you can you articulate like my my superpowers that are like I'm wired differently than ninety nine percent of the population, you know, are what? So in this job, because I'm I'm assuming it has something to do with what you just described. Sure, I think so. Um, in, in this in this job, not talking about yeah. personal life, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
I have a really keen ability to tell you exactly how the dominoes are going to fall. You, you, you see the outcome. I totally do. And you do that quickly? Yeah. Like almost instantaneously? I can tell you quickly. It doesn't mean we implement quickly. Yeah, it's yeah. like, and furthermore, an acceptance of, do I want this path or this path? And what, what mitigates uh, damage? Yeah. Or also just relationships. And I still attempt, I'm not perfect at this. You know, we have, I have 10 additional council members on council along with a wonderful management team and city employees and community. Back to the calculus conversation we just had. You have to weigh those things out. Mm. And it's not about me. It's mm-hmm. not about one council member. It's about an entire community. But at the same time, you have to be really firm in what you know are your core values and whatever decision you're making and just move forward. But I have an instinct that I've developed, I think, being around this work for 20 years where I get where I burn myself as I move too fast and don't just don't either articulate where mm-hmm. I know this is headed um, or Sometimes in city government, especially, it truly is like Parks and Rec, by the way, if you've seen that show. Uh, <laughs> I joke, it. I've seen, you said this a lot of times, it's like a combination of Parks and Rec and Veep, if you've watched uh-huh. Veep. Mm-hmm. And truly, we are sometimes our own worst enemy. Like, we just kind of stub our toes because we don't communicate well or yeah. don't think through that. And if I don't insert myself, sometimes I notice that happens more often. But the, but there's a, so th- there's there's inductive reasoners and deductive Mm -hmm. reasoners and inductive thinkers, which is probably like 50% of the population are like, they learn and think by experience. This happened in the past. And then a a deductive type of thinker, not one, one's not better than the other, are able to like process situations that have never happened. Mm -hmm. Their ability to wade into the hypothetical. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my assumption is you're able to see sort of hypothetical situations and like quickly. Yes. Make a pros and cons list very quickly. Yes. Here's what I think the ramifications are. Are you a small business owner or an entrepreneur? Do you do marketing for a small business? If so, I have something that I want to give you and it's totally for free. We've put together a free resource at 6fstorytelling.com slash download. And it's the secrets, it's the tips, it's the tricks, it's the tools of the trade. It's literally everything we do at 6 Storytelling to help small businesses grow. Go download it today at sixthavstorytelling.com slash download. I think that's very true, but I also feel very fortunate that on the inductive side, the experiences I've seen just in my short career, um, and in while I'm only 40 years old, like I kind of grew up fast and I've always been sort of an old soul and I've also been really lucky from the age of 20 been around politics. You've seen it before. Okay. It is Groundhog Day. Nothing's new. Under Nothing's the sun. new. Nothing's new. And sometimes you just have to take a minute and realize you've been through this before. Don't panic. Stay calm. And that always helps serve people better, I think. And so, and your superpower is generally also your Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's generally like, this is why, like, why I'm great at what I do. Yeah. But also, also hurts me sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and you said you're, for you, that's probably like, you're seeing it. You can make these decisions. You can anticipate. You can problem solve. But then you got to communicate it and slow yeah, down. And enough. patience. Yeah. Right? Not be too quick to the draw. Yeah, Absolutely especially if you're making decisions on behalf of a million people, right? Mm-hmm. You have to garner their trust and their interest in something that you're working on as well. Yeah. I know we're moving on, but I just want to ask about from Betsy, obviously you learn from her professionally, but she's also, you know, uh, I feel like she's not only 
a mom and a grandma, mm-hmm. but she's kind of maternal to the city or how it was. That's such know? a good way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what did you feel like you learned from her about that, that you're trying to still take with you? Obviously you're different people, as you said, you're yeah. completely different, which is um, important because you don't mm-hmm. want to have the same regime every single time. Mm-hmm. But from that side, what do you feel like you've learned from her? Well, I know that most people that know Betsy feel like this about her, that she exudes this level of happiness and joy mm-hmm. that you want to be around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's genuine. As you well know, you've probably seen her in all signs settings. What you see is what you get. She's not a different person behind closed no. doors. I mean, she's wild. Yes, yeah, she is so much her, fun. Her, she has so much energy. Her energy is just like she, her, so her son, Philip was like my brother's best friend in middle okay. school. So we went on like family trips and stuff cool. way before mayor. Mm-hmm. But she's always been this like, and she, and she came on the mayor scene and like totally changed it all. Oh, I know. Sort of going, like she was like the energizer bunny. And I we mean. called her that. Jason Lamers, who <laughs> was in my position before me, I think dressed as energizer bunny one year for Halloween. Oh. <laughs> because that's who he was working for. Yeah, so you were saying you, one of the things you learned about her was, or learned from her was. I'm so inspired by it because I'm not that way. I mean, I have, I'm much more an introvert extrovert. Like mm-hmm. I have to turn on and turn off. I have to. You got to recharge. I do have to recharge. I don't think she ever recharges. No. I, I don't. Do, I, we got to ask Tom, does she plug in somewhere? Like, what, how does this happen? I don't know. But I, it was very important to me that, and I really feel this way even after I'm mayor. You, this city has benefited so much from 10 years of her leadership being so external facing mm. and meeting people where they are mm-hmm. that we can't go back from that, that maternal feeling. And yeah. I hope that I have in my own way still continue to do that and meet people where they are and make sure city hall feels open mm-hmm. and level of transparency and just excitement around the things we're doing as a community together that I think should continue. Um, absolutely. But, um, we called her, we call her BP. Um, and that's what we called her for short, but she was like that all the time. I mean, she and I would joke, which is probably why we were really good for each other. I mean, mm. I'd be really serious, like working on something, typing. So your job was to kind of handle the- Handle the, all of the, the things. Poli- let her go hype up the crowd and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm so thankful for now, Jamie, because yeah. don't get me wrong. Let me don't discredit her. She did a lot of the politics too and the managing yeah. of council relationships and people, but- I did a lot of it as well. So you were like researching and putting And just like, she trusted me. Like, Mm -hmm. I need you to go talk to so-and-so, fix this. We're going to deal with it later. And that was so important training for what I'm doing now because Mm -hmm. I didn't have on-the-job training. I was prepared and knew the issues and was ready to get to work immediately, which was a big asset. So, so you, so you, so that, because I was wondering, I like, I don't know what the chief of staff is or does. I never fully... So, but you're, you're kind of handling a lot of like yeah. the legit, and that's a paid job, right? That's yes. A, mm-hmm. So you basically have this, jo- like, we actually pay that job. Well, <laughs> well yeah. Mm-hmm. Mayor, we do not. Mayor, we do not. <laughs> not no, we do not. I know. It's really bizarre. Which is bonkers to me. I know. Um, but you, but you learned, like, it prepped you for this. And, and was, why, while you were doing that, like, so when she originally said, I'm recruiting you, I want you to come work for me. Like, were you like, yes, this is my in, or you just like, this is a good job, like, uh, there, this is an awesome career opportunity. Didn't think of anything else. I've the, never, I never wanted to run for office. You didn't have ambitions? No. Really? No. No. At what, at what point do you remember when you did? When I thought that it was important that I raise my hand and run for mayor. Well, when, when, what was that like? It was like January 6th of 2021. <laughs> and that's when she was. Big day. She, we knew she wasn't going to run. I probably knew before most people. She'd already right. made a decision. I'm not running again mm-hmm. um, in the, you know, middle of 2020. 
I guess that would have been, yeah. And all the people were talking, y'all live here. It was like, who's running for mayor? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. 10 years is a long time for leadership, right? And it's a long story, but I did get phone calls from people I really respected that were mm-hmm. like, you can do this. and We want to support you to do this. That's kind of cool. It was a very humbling but also kind of frightening. And it literally was January 6th. Was you never Athena. thought like, I could do this job. No, no. I, no, not that. I just, I know what it takes to run for office. Yeah. Like, well, I thought I did. Yeah. It's very different when you yeah, put yourself realistic. out there, a level of vulnerability yeah. and to put your name on a ballot and the exposure to you and your family and everything mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. is very hard. Yeah. So I feel like January 6th would be a day that everyone's putting in their resignation letter. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's interesting that you were raising your hand at that time. Was there like... It was so evident to me though, Melissa, that especially for Fort Worth at that moment, and still I feel like this today, three years later, that we're, we were at such a turning point as a community of opportunity and progress mm-hmm. and we couldn't get it wrong. Mm. Like there's some cities in this country that have really goofy people that are leading them and there's all kinds of antics that happen. I don't think we could afford that. Right. I didn't think that partisanship belonged in City Hall. And all I was seeing, a lot of what I was seeing from candidates was going to be partisan. It was going to be about, I'm the strongest conservative. I'm the most progressive. And I'm sorry, 99% of what you do at City Hall has nothing to do with that. Yeah. 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 And that's all. I feel like I learned that from Betsy. Like Betsy, Mm -hmm. it was Fort Worth. This this is not political. And she, yes. It should not be political. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Uh, it's gotten harder and harder to fight that, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's part of the the uniqueness of what has made Fort Worth special is that there's been there have been leaders in place. You're one of those that have fought against that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, city level stuff needs to be for the good of the city. Yeah, and truthfully, you can have, you know, a set of values that you are your bedrock that you mm-hmm. will always support and hold on to. When big policy decisions are made, you have to kind of push back and fight on these things, but it doesn't have to be partisan. Yeah. I agree with that. And then at some point you were CEO of these two nonprofit Yeah, so I left long planned April of 2020. Okay. So COVID comes, it was a mess. Mm-hmm. And I it, and I stayed as long as I could to help the office, made a transition plan and I left. And I founded Tarrant Two and Through that we had worked on for about a year and a half before that with the Rainwater Charitable Foundation, Rose Bradshaw, a lot of people really working hard to travel the country, understand what we wanted to do on this post-secondary um, partnership work. And that mm. would became T3. And so I left in April, 2020. It was chaotic. And you can probably tell me stories what it was like at the net. I mean, we were starting a brand new nonprofit. I was trying to hire people and raise money on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and trying to have, I had four-year-old, like Laney was four, mm-hmm. Montessori school. I was like, this kid is not working on Zoom Montessori. He <laughs> was like a little Tasmanian <laughs> devil running oh, around. Yeah. It's not working. Grace, David's business from home. Like everybody, we all have stories, right? Yeah. But fortunately, for the grace of God and good people here and philanthropy and a belief from their school systems that this was needed, we got started. And mm-hmm. it, we didn't miss any time. Colleges signed on as partners. We hired wonderful people to be founding directors of the of the work. And we were still in schools and starting that fall of 2020, despite the hybrid nature and chaos of it all, mm-hmm. right? And that was, a, that was a different type of role for you because you're, you're starting from nothing. Yeah. You're, there's no like existing. I mean, I was starting a small business yeah. and y'all should give me a lot of lessons on what that's like. And it is very scary. And like, I remember trying to figure out I'd hired an HR company and then payroll and I didn't have an operations person <laughs> yeah. yet and how much, I mean, 
all the things all the hats. you have to go There's through. There's no playbook for any of that. There's no, no playbook, yeah. not at all. And I just knew I couldn't mess it up. Yeah. yeah, figure it out. And was that fun? It was really fun. It was hard to leave. That was one of the hardest things I had to decide on is to leave the work. But I'm still on the board and still very active. And mm-hmm. the the leaders they have in place are amazing. And I'm very proud of what Tarrant 2 and 3 is doing right now. Mm-hmm. So January 2021, you're yep. like, I'm Here we go. Throw, Run for mayor. Throw, and, and is David... Was he like... A lot of hard conversations. Was he like... Uh, no, he... Yes, or was he like, what? Yeah, he's around politics <laughs> enough to know, like, what? What are you thinking? Okay. Um, but much like, you know, in strong marriages, you have those long conversations, like, where is your individual happiness? Where is your family happiness? Where is the connection point? Mm. And also his role to be protector and provider for the family and making mm-hmm. sure that his children were safe. And so those were hard that was a hard decision that ultimately made it. He was all in. And you and, got little kids. Yeah, but he was the best asset I could have asked for when mm. it came to the campaign because he's beloved also. He's also mm-hmm. incredibly direct with people and he doesn't take things personally and mm-hmm. internalize it. And so together, I think it made, it, I know that it was the difference maker in me being successful. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you, okay, let's talk, let's go into Mayor Lance okay. now. Um like, what did you, can you talk, talk to me the few things like, you're like, I just did not expect that. Like just maybe biggest challenges or things that you did so not So one foresee. thing I didn't anticipate is the exhaustion that will come with being on all the time mm-hmm. in the public. And I've had to learn where my balance is. So remember when you got married, did you have a big wedding? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 300. Okay. Like, you want to be there for all the people. You want to kiss and hug and shake hands oh, and yeah. dance. And it, it's over. And you're like, I've never been this tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the receding line. You you can do that five days a week in Fort Worth mm-hmm. if you want to, if mm-hmm. you can. And you just have to ask yourself, where where's your balance? Right. Yeah. I didn't anticipate that. And I've you learned. Didn't, you didn't anticipate that. Did you have to learn how to say no? I have. Mm-hmm. How can you give me like... What do you have any principles or guidance? It's a balance of, okay, these are the three options. Which one am I needed the most? And I really do try to channel the position of mayor, not me personally. Where Mm -hmm. am I, where is that position needed the most? Mm -hmm. Is my presence a real difference maker or is it just a nice to have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ROI. You, yeah, you get so many wonderful kind invitations. Yeah, and then also coupled Come be with on my podcast. Yeah, coupled with like <laughs> the things that really I feel like are making a huge difference in our community that yeah. are transforming lives, and I want to be there just to watch it happen. Selfishly, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that somehow. Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of the balance I try to strike as so well. So that's the rubric. Yeah, of, try of, to I'm measuring impact, mm-hmm. and also my family schedule. I don't miss kids' games. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless we're just really that's where I'm traveling or something. David and I are committed to that um, and trying to create some level of normalcy at our household so that, you know, David's got a busy job, too. Mm-hmm. Where do we need to be and yeah. you know, be home as much as possible? I can attest be to together. seeing you on the football field. <laughs> yes. You've been there, done that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you're just trying to make it happen. And on a Sunday, schlepping yes, all the water all bottles. All the and- stuff across. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that that was one of your biggest challenges, just or just things you didn't like. How hard it would be. Yeah. To, then then I would say second, Jamie, is getting to know council members. Okay. Quickly, go. A lot of mm-hmm. new, new faces. A big turnover happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Carlos Flores and Gina Bivens. I'd already known really well, having worked with them, and so that was easy. 
but I knew people on council, some I'd known before, some not, knowing what their priorities and relationships were, Hmm. um, their agendas, not in a negative way, just like what they were really going to be working on um, was a lot as well. And so you, you, this is naive. I'm naive about that world. So council members like, and you are collaborating a lot. Like, yes. you're you, like a board of directors kind of. That's why I consider work? myself the chair of the board. Okay. And these are our board of directors for the city and David Cook and the management team. That's your CEO and leadership. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you have to know them well. Absolutely. You, and you have to be, and I'm assuming you're not always aligned with all of them because they all come from of different. Of course not. Yeah. You're praying referee a lot. You know, okay. someone has an idea or something they're passionate about. Okay. How do we implement that if we want to at all? If it's a really bad idea, how do we quash it? Mm-hmm. Um, not, not personally. It's just, look, this is not where we need to be focused right now. Yeah. There's yeah. only so many hours in the day. And also uh, a appropriate separation and relationship with city management. We are a city management form of government. There are large cities in America that are strong mayor, which essentially when the mayor gets elected, they bring in all their people. That's not what happens here in Fort Worth. Okay. I love the city I management I system. That. I think that it is, you end up with you a more professional it. staff that are dedicated to their jobs and there's no politics associated with it, mm-hmm. right? You sometimes can get some rub because, you know, a council member, you know, even a mayor, like, I, that's not my priority. I want them to do something different. It's mm-hmm. a it's an ebb and flow you have to work on, but that's where we are in Fort Worth. And so working with my city council members to kind of understand how to better interact and work with city managers is important too. So are you the, are you, are you the boss? Like, do you get yes, to like- absolutely. You're, you're still the boss, yeah. but you got to get the buy-in- Mm-hmm. from this whole crew. I think I'm, I, I find, I see myself as your principal leader for the city mm-hmm. and leadership takes a tremendous amount of teamwork. Mm-hmm. I can get nothing done by myself. I am one vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to have my council members alongside me to get things done and be prepared for the things that are contentious or difficult. Right. And the same goes for city management. They can't do anything without me either. Mm-hmm. Because it won't work. It's a, the checks and balances, yeah. and so so the 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 difficult piece was I'm new, but I've kind of not new because I've been here. Mm-hmm. But now I got, you know, out of all my city, I have all these new city council people mm-hmm. that I got to win over and befriend and understand right. and empathize with. And right, we got to collaborate. Right, and you know, y'all watched the campaign. It was a long. It was a you know ten people running and then a runoff with Deborah Peoples, and a lot of people voted historic numbers for Fort Worth and you know, about 48% of the people were not happy. Mm-hmm. So how do you win hearts and minds, not with words, but with action? Mm-hmm. How do you demonstrate that um, I'm the right leader for the right time in Fort Worth? And you're not going to win everybody, right? you know? And then lastly, is just developing really thick skin, like overnight. Yeah. Tell us, <laughs> talk, tell us talk about that. Uh, I, I think I'm better. I'm much better now. Women have a tendency to want everybody to like them. Yeah. Especially in their 20s. Most humans. Yes, but do. I have seen in my observations, men do a better job of like, whatever, man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to move on with my day and we internalize it. Especially if you're a high achiever mm-hmm. and you're just, you, you're you used to people liking you. Yeah. 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 And learning to let that go and who gives a shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's easier said than done. And it's like living with being misunderstood. Absolutely. And, just- and furthermore, the keyboard warriors that yeah. are on Facebook or mm-hmm. whatever. Get a life. (laughs) If you spend your whole day, and I mean this honestly, against anyone, whether it's a political figure or a a friend, ex-friend, ex-husband, whatever, trashing them online, get a life. Mm -hmm. And I've just had to remember that. You know, that is is such a toxic environment for 
humans yeah. in general. And it is breeding this level of mistrust and animosity and partisanship that is really, really troubling. So mm. learning to like compartmentalize that, let that go and don't pay attention to it. How, how do you do that? You can just ignore it. It bothers my family a lot more than me. Do you get on Facebook and stuff? I don't get on Facebook. You don't get on Facebook. I think right? Facebook's terrible. <laughs> it's true. It, it is, it's a dumpster it, fire. It has devolved. I don't know what's going yeah. on there. I enjoy Instagram. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, and I enjoy Twitter. I, do, do I don't. You, and does, does, is someone filtering your emails so you're not getting some of those as well? Yeah, like, but they tell me the things that we're pretty pretty good shape. Yeah, sometimes you get some crazy things that come in. Yeah. Bethany can tell you. <laughs> so so part of the, the, the way is like, I'm just not going to wade into that toxic soup. I just don't think it's healthy. Yeah. Right? Now, I will say we haven't done it and I, we are going to implement it at this new city hall building is I want my council members and I to just share on like a, on a bulletin board, the meanest thing someone said about you and just keep a collection. Cause they're like actually, the Twitter, like they're the, actually, like, yeah. Like Jimmy Kimmel. It's actually yeah. really funny. Honestly, yeah. it's really like, funny. I can see that. <laughs> uh, because, cause that was like, we were joking earlier. Like I, I used to like from the time I was like in high school, I was like, I'm going to be mayor one day. I didn't know I, this about you. Yeah. I just oh, like, part. I do things cause it sounds fun. Okay. Like I start businesses <laughs> because it sounds fun. Got it. I do. I like, I don't care about money. I don't, like, I do things that sound fun. Okay. And so I was like, that sounds fun. I love Fort Worth. That sounds fun. People, yeah. people get to know you. Yeah. And then, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was probably more just like fun, selfish oriented. Uh, but then 2020 happened mm -hmm. with COVID mm -hmm. and Black Lives Matter and the shooting. Like there was just so, so much. much. And, and I just looked at Betsy and I was like, oh my, like 50% of the population, no matter what decision you make, any decision you make. They're all going to be mad. Hates you. Mm -hmm. Is like, you you have morally, you're morally violating a, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I, it like, I was like, I don't think I could do that. Yeah. Really and, hard. And, 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 and even like local government used to be more, you know, non-political, but, but then we politicalized all these. It just mm -hmm. seems hard. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I thought like, like, you have to have thick skin. You really do. And it, and to the issues you pointed out that we experienced, especially during 2020, 2021, some of them still kind of linger today. Mm -hmm. I I am troubled by a younger generation. And this is an oversimplification. It's not just yeah. um, the generation behind us, but of a, you don't agree with me, so you are evil. Yeah. yeah. And you're bad for humanity. And I'm going to terrorize you because of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so unhealthy mm -hmm. and impractical. And I, you're seeing that play itself out right now, I think. And, and maybe, you know, I didn't, I wasn't alive during the sixties. I think there was some of that happening then too, mm -hmm. but for different reasons. And, um, I am proud that Fort Worth's in a really good place right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can, I feel that. I feel like there's been a lift from. I do too. If you're not in my echo chamber, you're my enemy. Mm -hmm. That I feel like there's been a little bit of a lift yeah. from that. And I feel like you're good. You're really good at, at, at empathizing and going into both sides and you've mm -hmm. you've said some things and you've made some decisions that that are what I, like i i like i feel like you balance the line mm -hmm. you're like i am making a, a decision and a conviction that i feel personally versus like this is a political alignment type yeah. of a uh, type of thing i feel like you've done a great job of like you can't put me in a box because mm -hmm. i've made decisions but i ways. think I, I appreciate you saying that I think the difference, though, I would I would push back a little bit is I people notice it because I'm in a political position because I'm on the news or media follows mm -hmm. what I say and do. But I think you like that, Jamie, 
because most people are that way. Most people yeah. can't be most put people in a are box. Nuanced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we've allowed our elected officials to only play in their sandbox. Mm-hmm. And so when someone's willing to jump outside just a little bit or quote unquote surprise you for not toting a party line mm-hmm. or a partisan belief, we get excited. That's terrible. right you're you're just that's just someone being being, human (laughs) being yes being human making good decisions being focused on public policy for all people Mm -hmm. and we need more of that we really do yeah but i I feel like you do a good job of embodying i appreciate that very much um i i love you know i'm i'm a i was a philosophy major okay i I just like ideas it depends whoever i'm in the room with i'm probably gonna be the opposite of whatever they are yeah just because it sounds fun yeah Contrarian yeah. a little bit. A little contrarian. Do you do that to you? Um, every decision. Every decision. <laughs> Let's think through this. So I so I, I, I have an appreciation for nuance, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. So anyways, I, I think you do that well. Uh, I, I would love to, kind of going back to the, the balancing it all and the juggling and the needing to unplug. Can you walk me through just like a day in the life coupled with how, how do you, day in the life, I wake up, I do this. And here's how I still prioritize my family, my mental health, my health, my like, because you, you, you will burn out like it's at some point. Oh, if, yeah. you're, if you're not, you know, saying no to some things mm-hmm. for your health or your own sanity or if you need alone time or your kid, like mm-hmm. walk, walk me through how you balance that and with your daily routine schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, I think an average day where I'm pretty focused on mayor responsibilities, right, is I wake up really early, usually 4.30, 4.45 and go on a run. I have a great okay. running group of women that um, I started running with actually this summer and come home. No one's awake yet. Coffee. So you're going to bed early if you're waking up at 4.30. Yeah. I mean, honestly, between 9 and 10, ideally, yeah. or 10. But I honestly, we can get to that, but I can't do that every day and yeah. not mm-hmm. get enough sleep. It's, that's not good for you. So, yeah. but that's a whole other issue, sleep. Um, anyway, you know, come home and then I've got kids to go to school. So mm-hmm. like, I guess it was yesterday, I bought Lainey, who's seven, two new pairs of khaki pants for school mm-hmm. and he managed to pull the buttons off of both of them because <laughs> he couldn't get, he could, they're regular buttons and he just got frustrated. He just ripped the button off. Uh, I was like, buddy, they're not the slide kind and now what are we going to do? He was like, well, I don't know, I'll just pull my shirt down. I was like, I can't see you to school with no buttons. So I'm, I'm my point is like every mom's yeah. nightmare is like trying to get your kid in an outfit for school mm-hmm. um, and start the day. And it's usually, a, you know, a, a, just a different variety of meetings, ca- council responsibilities. C- Tuesdays are all council all day, right? Work sessions, committee hearings, council meetings at night. Working and that with goes into members. late at night. Sometimes. Yeah, it just depends on the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of community facing um, efforts and um, depending on on the day, sometimes I'll have you know, something, an obligation in the evening. I try not to do longer dinners um, if I can avoid them just because I want to be home. But I'm pretty good about, you know, I'll come by your event at 5.30 and say hi and do the thing and then go home. Mm-hmm. I have a great support system at home to help me with the kids too. Um, and do you, like, do you have someone that preps a dinner for you and your family? Yes and no. My mom lives with us during the week and she, oh, she loves cooking. Too. So if I okay. do all the grocery shopping on Sunday, which I do, and okay. then she kind of helps. But then I'll try to cook, you know, one or two nights a week. Just depends yeah. on what's going on. And, and then kids nights? sports, right? So then yeah. you're like, I'm going to cook dinner. No, I'm not. Because we're going to be game Practice. on till yeah. seven yeah. o'clock or whatever it may be. <laughs> um, or traveling. And, and Grayson's got sports too. So, And and you probably, I mean, you could probably go to dinner every single night. You probably have people that are like, I got to this event. Oh yeah. And night. you just don't. Yeah. yeah. You, those are things you have to say no mm-hmm. to. So 
some 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 of the building blocks is one getting up early so you have a little bit of alone time yeah. and then running. Yeah, I have to work out or I'm probably not nice. And you like you love running. You like running. I do. Okay. I think it's teaching me a lot about myself at 40. You're a new runner then? Yeah, well, I ran a lot in my 20s okay. and some of my 30s, but I hadn't run in a while. So this has been fun. And then kids, kid Kid time, chaos. Kid chaos. Marrying. School time. Mm-hmm. Marrying all day. Yeah. Pop by an event. Mm-hmm. Wave. Mm-hmm. Say hi. Do the thing. And then you like secretly leave. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ghost out. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm getting used to, you know, I'm working part-time at Cook Children's. And so I do that two days a week. Which Usually. I saw that that seems yeah. wild. It's awesome. It's been a really cool experience. Talk about humbling, beautiful, smart people, you know. And your role there is? Chief of Staff to Rick Merrill. Okay. So it's part-time, project-based. They've been amazing. And I'm just learning my way through healthcare right now. Um, and so it's a balance. Again, back to city manager, form of government. Mm-hmm. We are not a strong mayor city. And when I ran for mayor, I told people, I will work at some point. That I'm not going to, I'm too young in my professional career to totally turn my back on things outside of politics. Mm-hmm. So this, I waited two years and this role was the right thing, I think for me and mm-hmm. and for the city. So. Um, I love, love that you're doing that. Well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for walking us through the, yeah, the day in the life. Um, can you, what, what advice would you give yourself, you know, either three years ago or two years ago when you started this crazy journey or 10, 15, like if you could go back to your younger self and say something, what would it be? Ooh, let me get back to this. And that could be as like, you know, Maddie in high school or Maddie, you know, Um, January, whatever date you said, 2021. I, I think especially having run for office now, um, been on the ballot twice, it, it is very clear to me who my people are. Like who are really in your circle, in your corner for you that want nothing for themselves. It's just to be supportive and be authentic. And that is a real, that's a gift that sometimes not everyone gets to have because you Mm -hmm. never go through something that's that public facing Mm. to really know um, who's in your corner. So that would be number one. Meaning just like who know who they are or appreciate them, appreciate them more, know who they are. Um, and be proud of those relationships because as you can imagine, when you run for office, everybody comes out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you still need your people, your foundation of who keeps mm-hmm. you rooted, which is really important. How wide is that net? You know, David and I are very lucky. We have a really pretty wide net of people that are there. But then, you know, there there's an extended net of people that wanted to be close and for what reason. And um, so I think that that's probably number one. And, and number two is you still have to prioritize what's most important to you. And for us, it's our family. And so this all comes second, just like your careers do. You know, your family mm-hmm. has to come first. And it's really easy sometimes when you're in a job that's so front-facing that people forget that you have this other much bigger priority mm-hmm. that you're responsible for. And just keeping them front and center is, is a priority for me. And I'm, you know, I think every day I learn something new about what it looks like to balance all that. And so you, there's an appreciation for those people and those things and those priorities. So going back, would you say to do that more or just be aware more? Or? Just be aware more. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, yeah, maybe do more, but just mainly just the awareness aspect of it. Um, and then 
as everyone probably does, the things you think about and cared about in your 20s are so irrelevant as you get older, but that's just part mm -hmm. of your growth, right? Mm -hmm. And the things that make you who you are. So but there's nothing necessarily wrong with that at all. Yeah, those are good. Those are really good. Um, were there any like books or resources or leaders or like mm -hmm. that were really pivotal in shaping how, who you are today and how you lead today? Well, I would say a, a few things because I've been around, um, politics for so long, I've been around a lot of different types of political leaders. I'll just say, you know, in that category and let's just take Kay Granger and Betsy. They're very different leadership styles, mm. both equally successful and mm -hmm. effective and having worked for both of them, it was such an advantage. And I probably have certain aspects of both of them and how I operate as well. So those are two obvious people. Um, folks that I do not know that I admire tremendously from a kind of international leadership standpoint. Um, people like Madeleine Albright and mm -hmm. the way her focus on diplomacy. It's just a fascinating story, right? Mm -hmm. And what she's done for the world, I think is important. Condoleezza Rice, and I really... I got the opportunity to meet her briefly and, and her work at the Hoover Institute. And she is truly a force and mm -hmm. remarkable woman. And I definitely had a fangirl moment in getting to meet uh, her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, those are some. And then on, on the mayor front, there are some mayors that have really been good to me. Um, I've got great friendships among others that are in the same position as me that I'm really thankful for. And, and I think that has been a tremendous asset, especially when things are, are hard or you're making big decisions to talk to somebody that's making similar decisions in their own community. has yeah. been really helpful. Cause there's, you, there's, you, you know, the, you can't pick up the phone and call someone in Fort Worth. There's like no one person. You yeah. There's call. a few former mayors, I guess, but even their experience, what it's what like what's like. happening here and now in, in U.S. cities yeah. to talk to somebody that's also trying to make those yeah. same decisions is really, really that's helpful. That's gotta be very yeah. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That number mm -hmm. is a really small number. Yeah. That's why we hear lonely at the top. Mm -hmm. it's like, I just found out there's literally an organization called It's Lonely at the Top. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not it's know a that. leadership, you know, uh, like sort of cohort for CEOs and founders, but. Um, that's, that's a great title or name yeah. for the group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, let's just call it, let's just call organization what it is. Yeah. Because it really can be. Because when you're feeling, um, yeah, it's just easy to feel alone if you don't, if you don't have you know, you have mom friends mm -hmm. and then you have like business friends. Mm -hmm. And for you, you probably have a lot of government friends, yeah. but your position is so unique mm -hmm. at such a unique time. Yes. And figuring out who are those people that you, if nothing else, can commiserate with. Maybe yes. they don't have all the answers, but finding those it's, commiserating it's people. It's really <laughs> important. Yeah. Lonely at the top. I like that. Do you have any, I have two more questions, but I don't know. Do you have anything you want to specifically ask? Are they on? I've. I'm interested in these questions. The rapid, you want to go to the rapid land. No, the what's next. Those were mine. Oh, the what's next. Yeah. Before we dive into what's next. Yeah. Can you just legacy? What is legacy? What do you want? What, what does that mean? That word mean to you? I believe a legacy for, for me personally as mayor mm -hmm. are initiatives that are long lasting, that make sense for other future leaders in our community to continue to further. And I think that's a big reason why I've focused on good natured and outdoor space and park space across our community, green space. And this is your newest. This is our newest effort. Mm -hmm. Mind you, we started open space acquisition with Trust for Public Land several years ago, but it was small and didn't have a lot of monetary support. 
we had a small piece of the bond, about 15 million to help acquire land. But we are rapidly growing in this city. I don't have to tell you all that. Mm-hmm. We're unique because we are only half developed. We lose 50 acre plus a week to development. Mm. What are we protecting? Mm-hmm. What are we creating for future generations? Mm. And there's so many aspects about Fort Worth that are connected to our green space, our parks that we're so mm-hmm. proud of, but you cannot be complacent. So I had this sense of urgency to make sure good nature and our master planning for parks are connected in a way that is long lasting as a legacy project. So, so there's an aggressive move, move to acquire land, to preserve it yes. as land yes. and parks. Our goal is at least 10,000 acres in five years. That's freaking awesome. Which I think is a very achievable. But it's more than that. It's also additional policy focus, a partnership with the water district um, to make sure we're connected in the right ways to protect landscapes and waterways as well. Mm. The Trinity River as a connection point. You know, how do we continue to invest in our trail system and activate the trail system? Does every zip code, does every neighborhood have access to a park? Um, our, our measurements in places like Trust for Public Land, 10-Minute Walk to Park, how we are ranked as a park system. Mm-hmm. All those things are so incredibly important. and coupled with there's there's a huge emphasis in the United States really across the world right now and there should be around environmental protection what does sustainability look like what does climate change mean for cities <clears throat> and disappointingly i've seen a lot of mayors and cities really glom onto let's be a climate ma- climate city what does that mean mm-hmm. what, what do you actually control and the mm-hmm. most important thing that cities control are your green space mm-hmm. areas um, trees and protective cover and ensuring that everything is not concrete. And <laughs> those are the things that cities need to be focused on. And I personally feel like even though we are growing rapidly and successful, it could go away quickly if you if we don't continue to invest in the thing that people have really been, it's really drawn um, individuals and all of us and families to be in Fort Worth. Because mm-hmm. when you compare us to Austin, do you feel like they probably did a good good-ish job of that back in the day? Because when I do. you think of Austin, you think of booming concrete city, rapid pace growth, but you also think of all the things you can do all outside. All the yeah. stuff. Yeah. Which I mean, think about unique. Wild Basin and that area of Austin along Mopac that's all protected land. Mm-hmm. You think about um, their trail system as well. Yeah, they've done an excellent job and their tree canopy. And we have a lot of the same types of policies here in Fort Worth. And we're just lucky to be behind them growth-wise by about 10 years. And so how do you learn from a city like that that's been, yeah, it's very important. So that's legacy to me. And I love that. And And kind of what's next also. Yeah. What's your next? Yeah, um, I think so. And then a recognition that this office doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Fort Worth. and, And I'm the mayor for this season. And I will do, you know, my very best job every single day on behalf of the residents and then pass the torch when it's mm-hmm. time to the next leader to hope to kind of continue um, that legacy of leadership that we've been really lucky to have in Fort Worth. And do you see that as like a lot longer? I don't know. I really okay. don't. You know, I'm so happy right now in yeah. this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what's next and and I don't know how long I'll want to be mayor or more importantly, it's a want, but also a, a, do I feel pulled to do the next thing? Mm-hmm. And again, back to balance with family, what is best for everyone. But I, I hope it's obvious that I've, I don't have to be in politics. Like doesn't matter to me that much and mm-hmm. to be in elected office that I just happen to be a public figure to do the job that I love right now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
love it love it love it and i'm i'm excited for the 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 thought of of preservation i mean it's like you look at new york city and it's like the fact that someone at some point was like we're gonna carve out central park can you imagine what it would have been like yeah, yeah i mean and how i mean how much profitable it could have been like but it's just this magical thing yeah. that that still exists in the middle absolutely of, of such a we have such wonderful jewels in Fort Worth from Trinity Park to the zoo to the Tannic Gardens to yeah. Gateway Park, our neighborhood parks. All yeah. of those things should be continued. But at the same time, how do you enhance those as yeah. well and make and really more, big and investments? Get, and get more. Like, yeah, Absolutely. I love that. You're like the, the Teddy Roosevelt. Okay, I like Fort it. Worth. I like it. <laughs> um, okay, you got you to gotta get going here. So we have rapid, rapid rounds. Okay. Quick, few little quick questions. Um favorite meal in Fort Worth? You're like, go-to meal, food. I would probably have to say clay pigeon is one of our oh, favorite places yeah. to Oh, yeah. What do you get at a clay pigeon? I always change it up, but I just feel like the food is always wonderful, great service. Yeah. I love Marcus and Emily and their whole it's family. It's always good. It's always, always good. good. Always good. Always good. Mm-hmm. Tried and true. That chicken is, pork chop is always good. I, always, I feel like I always get pasta. Marcus has a good pasta. Uh-huh. It's kind of sneaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Favorite date night. Ooh, good date night. A concert, right? Mm. We go to, we just went to Turnpike at Billy Bob's, which was really fun. Oh, we love yeah. going to Rodney Foster. He's one of our favorites. Oh, right. Great song. Um, we've traveled. So yeah, it's a concert of some sort. And y'all are kind of like Americana, Texas Yes, country, we are, but we'll do anything, folks. honestly. I mean, David, David went to, oh God, Tool last year with my brother. Oh, really? Just because. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know, ZZ Top, Eagles. Uh-huh. Whatever. I mean, I, I was raised really on 60s and 70s classic rock. So that's yeah. kind of my genre. And then David was raised on a lot of things, including heavy metal and then 80s, <laughs> 90s country. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah. You got to let me know when his next. I will. Okay. You can go heckle is. them. I want to go. Uh, favorite like event or thing you look forward to in the city? In the city? Yeah. Well, rodeo comes to mind. I mean, it's three weeks yeah. is a long time, right? You got to yeah. put your party pants on, survive it. But it's a pretty special time in Fort Worth. We love concerts in the gardens. Um, mm. and I think we may have like a little pause this next year, but yeah, it's one of my it's, favorite, it's happening. I know it's one of my favorite things in Fort Worth for sure. Um, and then probably, you know, sporting events, it's fun to go to a TCU game and get to experience that with your family and your kids is always a good time. Um, those come, those come to mind as kind of top ones for us. Love it. Love it. And then favorite cocktail, your go, your favorite cocktail in Fort Worth. Probably a margarita. I like a Joe Tisco margarita. Mm-hmm. Just I think the atmosphere just lends itself to a, a good cocktail. Yeah, can't go wrong. You really can't. Can't go wrong with a Joe Tisco margarita. Uh-huh. Well, we've loved getting to chat with you. Thank you. Um, I think that what you're doing is incredible. I, you know, as you have boys, we have girls, and so I love our girls getting to watch a woman lead in our city. And obviously, we had that legacy before, but. Just you being so young and fiery and at the same time so personable. And um, I think I just hope our girls can see that that's that's what leadership looks like. And it's finding a way to balance and to be in the middle, um, not picking sides, but also making people feel special, being empathetic. Um, Adoption. There's so many parts of your story we didn't even get to touch on, but I just think you're doing an incredible job. I appreciate that. A, w- a wife and a mom of little girls. It's fun to have somebody that you can point to in our city. You know, you can do that online and um, around the country, but to be able to do it in our own city, in our own backyards. Yeah. Really I mean, what, and what a testament to our country, like how much things have changed to 
to get to be in this position right now. At, at, as a, I was elected when I was 37, you know, a mom of three kids to get to be mayor of a city is pretty, it's an awesome opportunity. I don't want to squander it. That's for sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've well, met your you- girls. They could do all the things. <laughs> yeah. They can. Yeah, they really can. Busy. Yes. They can. They can. Well, thank you so much. We're huge fans. Thank you We're very cheerleaders. much. Same We're to y'all. Our- Appreciate the time very much. All right. Okay. Congratulations. You made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stories with Soul. If you enjoyed the interview and like what you heard, please help us out and share, subscribe, and like anywhere you listen to podcasts. When you share and subscribe, it is insanely helpful and allows us to keep producing new episodes. You can always join us directly in the studio by watching the video version on our website, 6thavstorytelling.com. Stories with Soul is brought to you by 6th Ave Storytelling, an organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story. You're obsessed with your business and we want to make the world obsessed with it too. Thanks for listening.